Metahumans in video animation are characters with superhuman abilities. They can play various roles such as protagonist, antagonist, supporting characters, or plot devices. They bring excitement and visual spectacle to animated works and can be created using traditional or digital animation techniques. How? I don't know. But in this episode, 2305, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be explaining, when they answer the commonly asked question, what is a metahuman used for? On the CG Bros, CG Insider. Hello, and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. And if you're new to our podcast, a special welcome to you. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be providing an answer to another great fan question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. Uh, Kurt S. from San Luis Obispo. Luis or Louis? Louis Obispo? I think it's Louis. Kurt asks us, uh, what is a metahuman used for? I'm Bill Johnston. I'm an industry veteran, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital effects for folks like Activision and Blizzard, Sony Computer Entertainment, and others. And I'm his brother, Sean, a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. And today, I'm currently a full-time animation director. And we're grateful to be your host for today's edition of the CG Insider Podcast. By the end of today, uh, you'll not only learn what a metahuman is, but you'll also find out what goes into creating a metahuman and what it's being used for. Also, be sure to stay until the end where we'll be sharing some of our ideas about what metahumans will be used for in the future. That'll be interesting. Thanks for asking this great question, Kurt. So, Bill, this isn't a metahuman, uh, the metahuman from the DC universe, right? With uh, superpowers. We're describing something totally different, I'm assuming. That is correct. Sure. Oh, shoot. We're, we're actually... We're actually talking about Unreal Engine's MetaHuman. Oh, uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool thing. And, and in simple terms, uh, MetaHuman is a is it's a t- it's a tool that allows you to create digital humans that look and, and move like real people. And uh, here's some examples of that. Um, you know, it can create highly detailed and realistic human characters uh, you know, for use in video games and movies and VR experiences and things like that. Um, but before we go too far into into you know the metahuman itself, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about some background of, of uh, how how we even got to the stage of creating such awesome uh, virtual humans? Well, uh, I can go back to you know I'll go back to some of the first things that I've I remember seeing early on, basically going back to 1999. This is a, the first CGI face animation from a single photo, um, advancing morphing at the time. Not real time, by the way. This is all pre-rendered stuff. Um, and so looking at this, you're look, this I believe they had um, uh, Tom Hanks and some other actors and actresses in here that they were basically trying to morph uh, the facial animations to kind of make them more, um, not stylized, but just adjusting them to make them look a little bit different than they were. But looking at this really uh, one from 1999, it's, it's pretty amazing it even it still looks pretty good. Obviously, it doesn't have the lighting that we have today, where you have the subsurface scattering and things. But this is what they used in commercials back then. Um, so this is kind of the beginnings of a lot of what we see today. Um, I know that uh, some of the the, the metahuman framework basically is is decades in the making, and you have like uh, three lateral and cubic motion that basically um, Epic purchased, acquired, and now they're using their technology to to make and use the whole metahuman uh, uh, technology now that's free to use. Now, those are facial scans, aren't they, Sean? Those are facial scans, yeah. yeah. But they're not full. They don't do 360 degrees. I believe they're stitched up together uh, just on the side, whatever they could get. They didn't have a full 360 at that time, I don't believe. 
But uh, yeah, it's look at that male, female. They're just doing a, a real time morph, or not real time morph, but morphing in uh, pre rendered. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. Well, you know, it's amazing how how far we've come as far as the technology, and that's kind of what's really cool about MetaHuman and the, and the product is it 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 it, it takes a lot of the advanced technologies, uh, including uh, you know scanning technology and and even machine learning to to really come up with some. Some pretty amazing performances of these guys. Not just you know animation performances, but just just physically uh, the way I mean the, the pupils dilate and you know the hair moves naturally. I mean they, they've really brought it all together uh, in the MetaHuman package. Um, well, what's the point yeah, but, of uh, making? Uh, what do you think the point of MetaHuman to begin with was? Why do you think they created it? Other than well, to make just, money, but well, I think I think well. That's the main motivation, but I think from an artist's perspective, it just it just allows them to create highly detailed and realistic human mm. characters. Because you know, as we've talked about in prior podcasts, you know that that's the challenge, that's the bar. Uh, you know, we we've we've skated all around, uh, you know, the uncanny valley in that subject, and and uh, not not just skated around it, but we've 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 talked about it quite extensively. And and the, one of the biggest hurdles to get over, as far as using any synthetic or, or virtual human, if you will, and that's kind of what metahuman is is getting over that uncanny valley. And MetaHuman has made some extremely, and other products as too that we might talk touch on, but the, the MetaHuman product has just brought it all together in, into a unique interface that, that, that allows you to not only, uh, you know, create animation and create realistic uh, and, and uh, human characters, but it allows you to animate them and, and change their hair and, you know, put freckles. I mean, basically customized to, to your heart's desire. Well, I think that's that. I think you're right. Um, it's we've been banging our faces and our hands and, and everything else against faces, actually uh, trying to make realistic faces for such a long time. And that uncanny valley, um, we we've been just struggling with for for a long period of time. I think it's getting better and better. And I think the fact that this is a a real time tool. I mean, the whole the whole uh, uh, thing that I remember is is basically the starting of this. Is a lot of it was just normal 3D scanning. That was kind of like what I showed. Mm-hmm. Where it's basically capturing the shape and the surface of of, and of a person's face, and then you're using photogrammetry, and so you're a lot of it was just using using the technology to do a static pose for a long time. So they they weren't really animating, other than they were taking different shots of like, for example, you know the, the extreme facial uh, expressions, or um, you know maybe mouthing a word or, or two, but it, they would not be they would catch them in, in, in basically static poses and blend between those, like you're seeing there, morphing and things like that. Today, I mean, the difference between 3D and now there's 4D facial scanning, which is basically um, adding that another dimension of time to those 3D uh, captures. And so you're basically capturing not just the expressions, but all of the in-betweens and, and the shape and surface characteristics of that person's face and their, their movements, like I said, for each frame of, of that. Uh, and they can do actual dialogue and, and minutes and minutes and minutes, but the problem that a lot of that takes is it's it's a it's massively data um, intensive in the storage for that. So, for example, a single 4D scan of a person's face with a high resolution scanner, uh, let's say at 1920-1080, which is what we use HD, right? True HD, mm-hmm. and a frame rate of 30 frames a second can can generate basically two gigs of, uh, two gigabytes per second at 30 frames a second. So that that's a massive amount of data. But that's what you're seeing in movies today. So the realistic stuff you're seeing is because they're doing that exact thing. And then they're animating on top of it. We discussed that in the past. But uh, yeah, I mean, today it's, it's just the, the uh, breakthroughs and the technology is just making it easier. And like, 
uh, now they now the whole point of how metahuman is to do it in real time. Yes, and that's the that's I think that's its, it's well one of its main powers is is being able to interactively you know in real time do that, and I think you know uh, being able to do that in real time it just. It's 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 a Sean. It's a miracle. It, it honestly is. I mean, how do you move two gigabytes? You know, or even less. I mean, how do you move gigantic data sets around uh, in real time? It's just an amazing thing. I mean, you do it by optimization and code code hacks and and uh, you know those, those type of things. But I mean, the, to the degree that we're able to do. I mean, look at this. Here, let me load this up real quick. Here, here's basically uh, you know. The, the interface for MetaHuman. And you can just basically select, they have a library of people that you can grab. And I'll grab this uh, Japanese lady here, Oriental lady. And she's, she's uh, you know, you can just basically grab any character that you want. And pre, there's pre-made characters. And you don't have to use these characters, but you can use, you can actually scan in your own, uh, you can bring your own body in, into MetaHuman and set it all up and, and have it uh, animate properly. And, and uh, you can edit it this, in the same way. It's really kind of great because, I mean, it just looks so realistic, like you said. Technologies coming together and uh, subsurface scattering is is now available in real time. Uh, and so here's a, a little animation of kind of what it looks like when it's when it's just animated. It looks realistic, Sean. I mean, it's the it's the in real time too. That's that's the that's the key. <laughs> I guess is really what I wanted to say. Right. And 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 the it basically how do you how do you do this in real time? They're they're using um, a, a cloud based peer to peer network with a lot of this pixel streaming. So something that would take you know, a large amount of time and data to transfer from, you know, you'd have to have this massive PC, you know, big, big rig to, to be able to uh, create your own metahumans yourself. And then um, now what, what they're using is basically a virtual machine, um, what they call is, is a pixel streaming, which is basically a plugin um, that they're using to create that low latency peer to peer, which is uh, spitting it to your computer in seconds as opposed to, you know, hours. Um, that it would normally take in, back in the day, so it's it's uh, it's amazing the technology they're using so quickly. You can get up to speed and start doing uh, creating your own metahumans. Yes, and the nice thing about it is it brings the two well, like I said, the technologies together. There's the modeling side of it, you know, where you can get a realistic character, and then there's the animation side of it, and that's that, that's where metahuman kind of brings it all together. Um, and that was really cool. I think also is it, you know when you think about it, you just you can start with any base model. Uh, and bring it in there, um, and then you can customize it to you know fit the desired look and you know characteristics of whatever character you're trying to trying to make. And you know you can adjust the facial features here. Let me show you some some of these facial deformation uh, that you can actually do here. It's pretty amazing stuff. But you can basically adjust anything uh, on the face. You can adjust the the eyebrows. You can adjust the the lips. You can adjust the cheekbones. You can adjust you know the shape of the body. Uh, all sorts of different. Uh, you know, let me show you the shape of the, some some of that body shaping editing. But you can basically bring your any any character you've got, bring it in, and do these these editing, uh, do the editing on on using the tools in, in Unreal Engine. It's pretty pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, the body uh, morphing you're showing is pretty interesting as well. Yeah, and it's and it's got a really user friendly interface. I mean, you can see uh, here on the left, you can just basically select your clothing and and outfits and just change that stuff up. It's it's a pretty pretty amazing uh, tool. Um, and like you, like you said, all in real time. Yeah, the, here's, a, here's an example of uh, just recently what, what I didn't know at the time. I was watching um, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix, and there was a show, uh, one, of the, one of the shorts, uh, In Vaulted Halls and Tombed. This, this particular show was actually made with Un, uh, Unreal and Metahuman. 
uh, I just take a look at this little little clip that I got from there where they actually have a uh, explainer or behind the scenes video that they did. Basically, they they basically had six metahumans, and Sony ImageWorks actually worked on this. Um, it was pretty a daunting task because they hadn't used uh, Unreal, and now a lot of that, that reminds me a lot of students their students a lot of studios now are using Unreal in their productions and and pre productions, and now um, for example in this one. This is, they did it, they produced a 15 minute short with six characters, photorealistic characters, hyper-realistic characters, um, and all of them had dialogue. And many, many of those uh, characters in this had, you know, certain degrees of mutilation. And comp- I don't know if you saw it, but it's really, really good. Um, they did a performance capture. They, uh, you know, they basically had, they tracked all the characters in real time playing on monitors so the actress could see themselves with their in their actual avatars at the same time they're doing the performance, and they you know for example in here they're they're showing Quixel or they use Quixel as well to do to basically see their characters uh, already in the scene and they could just move things around to, to make uh, and and then rearrange things just to make the shot look a little bit better. You can that to do that in in um, you know trying to do it in in um, uh, in, re, in reality you couldn't really do it now with the with the CG you can do a lot of this stuff. Uh, in real time, um, which would take you hours and, and days to do before, so it's it's yes, it's, just, it's probably it's, it's one of the most popular uses actually of metahuman right now is creating those realistic characters for movies and video games and or other visual uh, media like that. And you know, you think about it, yeah, it's, Sean, it you could create characters a wide variety of characters, you know, quickly and easily, and of course, you know, time is money, so it save you a lot of time, a lot of money, and uh, you come up with a, a whole you know cast of characters where. Uh, you know, in, 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 in a fraction of the time, it would take you to model them yourself or scan them all in and, and do that kind of thing. So it's, it's quite useful. And that's, that's one of the main uses for it right now. Yep. And, and if you go to their website also, there's, there's uh, tutorials they actually have on the website where you can, you can take a mesh and turn that into, like you were saying, into your own metahuman. And then there's other, other things where you can adjust uh, the ones that they already have. And, if you look at their samples, you can download a lot of the samples they already have there. But, you know, my question was, okay, well, that's great. You've got all these different samples. Are we going to start seeing, uh, you know, in video games, like similar to what we used to see when we were working on uh, um, full motion video stuff, rendering out a 3D studio, we'd always see that lens flare in every single uh, demo reel. Remember that? <laughs> So yeah, now you're going to uh, see all these metahumans and you're going to go, okay, well, did you, did you model that? Did you, I mean, how did you create this? Uh, I wonder if that, that's going to start happening where you start seeing a lot of these same type of characters in the games, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, some, somebody unique because these are faster to build, obviously, and to use. I, I think for prototyping, it's going to be fantastic. So. Well, I think you're, you're right. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, people will come in and use the default, uh, you know, characters that come, come with, with, uh, with the metahuman package, but... Uh, I think you definitely, you know, if you're, I think you'd want to use, have a custom character, especially if it's your own. I think if there's a way, and I think there's application, there's applications now actually on your cell phone to actually scan your face in. And I could easily see a time in the future where, where you would just, before you play any video games, you upload your, the scan, your your body scan and the AI takes it from there. You know, the, the engine, like the the better human engine, if you will, for the, from the game, uh, will drive your characters and and you, you'll see yourself playing and the people will see your likeness and it, it would be as realistic potentially as these metahumans are. Yes, and there's also, uh, this technology is really exciting obviously for filmmakers um, and then concept artists, for example, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with 
Aaron Sims. Uh, he's an amazing artist who has um, a uh, he does a lot of concepts for for movie characters. Uh, for example, Hulk and um, some of the stuff for um, uh, gosh, Black, Men in Black, Gremlins Two. I mean, obviously, he's made a, a ton of different movies. Um, and then if you check, take a look at this, this, um, some of the latest stuff that they've done, um, they have a, a thing called the eye, um, uh, I can't even say gallon, Galantech, Galantech. Anyway, they did a bunch of characters in here, um, for this particular production and it, it, they look amazing. And this is a lot of, a lot of concept stuff, but they, they're now doing this. A lot of studios are doing this, even concepts and they can do all this stuff in real time. And, um, it's just it's just uh, the, the power that you can do today is just uh, so crazy. In fact, it's not just used for video games and, and films. There's also, for example, this particular video here, which is what happens if, uh, what, what did the expressions of a face of an ancient human look like? And so this particular video here I'm showing is, has, uh, they're basically um, uh, creating um, somebody who's been dead for um, you know, 10,000 years. Uh, it's a shaman and they found his bones and they're basically recreating him in 3D and using MetaHuman to animate him. So a lot of, a lot of uh, professors of anthropology and stuff are having this department, in particular in Belgrade, we're doing this, this team of reconstructing that face of that 10,000-year-old that shaman and then uh, seeing what he looked like at the very end and they're actually animating him. So they are using that as, for that. And then there's, there's also other... other um, uh, for medical purposes where they're trying to have empathy you know there's a bunch of empathy stuff where you're you're um let's say you're a patient and and you can't uh, talk to your doctor and uh, and they you can use a metahuman as your as your person you all you do is basically um you know record your voice and then use your metahuman as your engaging engaging with a doctor for example you know um you know the ability to um do that would be really kind of useful, I think, for the metahuman. Oh, absolutely! I, d I definitely think that that medical thing would would be useful, as well as you know, just being able to use your own avatar for anything. Any well, especially the metaverse. When you think about you know what that's looking like, you're going to want to have a realistic looking avatar to you know strut around uh, the, the metaverse with. And um, you know, I think there's 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 all sorts of possibilities that that meta I mean, you talked about a few of them. There's there's Uses in advertising, of course, where you get, can use realistic characters instead of actually humans. And for movies, of course, to, to, we talked about maybe using them for digital double creation and things like that. Uh, you know, the, there's there's opportunities in education. Uh, you know, you could see probably we're going to see avatars, very realistic avatars in every kiosk. Uh, you know, there is. I mean, they're going to replace counter clerks. They're going to they're going to interface with us a lot. I, I think uh, potentially even in the areas of. Uh, you know, psychoanalysis, or, or or where people are depressed and they need to have somebody to talk to. Oh, for I, I sure. could easily see a metahuman therapist, you know, uh, popping up. You know, meta metahuman uh, psychology centers are popping up where you can, you know, just confide yourself. It's almost you can even confess to a metahuman. And I mean, I don't know. There's all no, sorts. I agree. Of, <laughs> it's know. pretty interesting. It's, I guess uh, Jonathan Cole was a researcher, and I was reading about he created a study called Empathy Needs a Face, kind of like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the study looked at the relationship, relationship between empathy and the ability to recognize and understand facial expressions. And basically, simply, um, it, it, you know, it found that people who are better at recognizing and understanding facial expressions also tend to be um, better at empathizing with others. And um, this ability um, to read those is closely linked to the ability to understand and respond to emotions of other people. And so metahumans, like you said, could be 
a key to improving that empathetic, empathetic connection between, you know, like I was saying earlier, healthcare training uh, with workers and engaging uh, at medical conferences, talks and videos and things like that. So you, I mean, it's really an endless, uh, imagine to your imagination, whatever you can use it for. Yes, and when you combine an avatar, say, or a metahuman with uh, facial recognition, I mean, that, can you imagine? They actually have an. I, we talked about this in one of our past podcasts. Where training. If you if you walk well, no, if you walk into to store, the facial recognition looks at your face to see you know where you're looking or or, or if your you know if your expression is sad, and if it it was a coffee company, and if if it deter if the AI determines that you have a sad look on your face, it it stop it call, you know it stops you says hey and offers you a free cup of coffee. Wow. So, I mean, there's all sorts of cool, cool ways but uh, to use the technology. But, you know, Sean, I got to wonder, um, you know, what, what's your take? On, I think I think for, for uh, you know, for commercial purposes or, or, you know, maybe in a store where it can help us get information or kiosks or things like that, it would be really helpful. And even in a, in a therapeutic environment uh, where, you, where, you know, you want to talk to somebody. But I think, you know, people, people will probably, I mean, I think in the end, people will want to speak to a real person. Uh, and it, but if they don't know if it's a real person or not, then 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 you got them fooled. Okay, right. But but I think if the people are still able to to make that determination, um, they, they, uh, you know, all things being equal, I think they prefer to talk to a real person. But if you can fool them, then you know, or or, or maybe just convince you know, f- not fool them, but make it so real that 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 they tend people tend to you know forget about that. Uh, then that's when you know when we conquer that in Canyon Valley, I think that's when um, things will really start to change. Well, what about what do you think about um, at some point using um, AI used together with the metahuman tech? Like, uh, let's say, for example, AI deepfakes that you're seeing today, that kind of tech merged with metahumans, creating, you know, extremely realistic living humans, uh, as well as uh, generating completely randomized and unique people. I think that's going to be where it's going to be coming to. Um, It'd be amazing to see. Right. I mean. Have that have that AI deepfake stuff merged in with metahumans. I don't know how it would be used, but it seems like it would be kind of neat. I think so. Well, I, that's definitely where it's headed. And I think, uh, of course, the limitation on that is going to be the AI's ability to convince us that it's human. And, of course, the AI's ability to do that is rather limited. I mean, we've, we've been experimenting with a lot of AI uh, lately. And, you know, to the, it's, we've proven that, that it's, I almost- it's extremely... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I almost kind of think of it as, as you know how you, um, when we were looking at, um, in Star Wars, when they're recreating uh, dead actors and uh, the general, and, and you're, you're basically looking at it, um, and it looks like a mask on top of the, the performance. It doesn't look cor- correct. And, and, and that's a thing. And then you see a deep fake of that exact same scene. You go, wow, that looks super, super real because they're using a real person's face mm-hmm. on top of that to drive um, the, the performance that you're seeing. And it just looks more realistic if you're switching it between, let's say, you know, Tom Cruise making, you know, voicing those lines. Use that as your base to generate the AI uh, metahuman of that character. It might look better. I don't know. I don't know. Which is just kind of, um, you know, brainstorming here about how, how to make that, uh, how that makes, make it work together. Yeah, I think with this, with technology, I mean, it's basically our cell phones are going to be able to scan any, you know, scan our, our likeness and, and come up with, you know, it'll be able to generate, I think, before too long, an actual, the actual model, physical model itself. Um, and then through AI, I mean, we've seen, we've seen how AI is hooked up through, uh, well, synthetic humans, which are basically people that have been scanned 
then put into an AI system, and then when you feed in text, it mouths the words perfectly in any language you want, you know, in any expression you want. Right. Uh, right. So, so we're headed into some pretty amazing, amazing uh, places with with AI on top of uh, everything we've talked about today. Right. And have have chat uh, GPT involved with that and uh, voice synthesis and everything else mixed together with all that. So it's it's going to be coming really interesting, isn't it? I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about AI a lot and I know it's it's ad nauseum sometimes, but it just really seems like those tools that they're, they're, they're the AI tools are just going to allow you to be more creative in a lot of ways. Of course, people are going to be using them for to, to cheat and things like that, or I should say, well, cheat. Yeah. Some people are going to be using it to cheat, of course. And then there's people who are going to use it to generate more ideas, uh, to, to kind of percolate their, their imaginations. Um, and then there's going to be people using it for, uh, yeah, the nefarious reasons and things like that. But, uh, yeah. I was going to say, yes, we need to, well, we just need to remember, you know, it's, it, we have to keep in mind that uh, the potential downsides, like you said, it's not, it's not, everything's not, technology is not the, the, the be all and end all of everything. And, uh, you know, it, while virtual humans are, you know, beneficial for, you know, for some uses, we, we should make sure that before we, I mean, this is, I think, just true as a technology as a, as a, as a whole, especially when we come to talking about AI, we just need to make sure that, uh, it benefits both individuals and society as a whole. You know, we should we should be looking to enhance human life and not really ha- have these characters replace us if, if possible. Um, I mean, I think they can have a positive impact, and 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 you know, we talked about some of those. And uh, but but I just think we should make sure that we keep in mind that they can have uh, unexpected, you know, consequences and and downsides and, and as well. So I just living as long in our as we're aware of those. Living in What's our that? avatars, living yeah, throughout exactly. our avatars, so where, we, where we never age. Yes, <clears throat> that's, so that's there's, there's, pretty and, and and we never die for that matter. Right, right. Well, hey, th- there's also um, I want to just mention there's everybody talks about MetaHuman, Unreal, all that. Is there anything for uh, Unity, for example? Right now, there really isn't anything I think internal or plugins for Unity that would that compares to MetaHuman. The only thing I can really think of that's that's that you can use uh, would be the the application of um, uh, what is iClone. iClone. Here's an example of iClone, and and I think that looks pretty close to what you would see in MetaHuman is using their their platform. It's a good software platform. Yes, and Blender actually has a cool tool called Human Generator as well, which is it doesn't do you know animating it for you, but it does you know allow you to create the 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 human. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the hyperrealism, you know, that that the iClone can show. Um, so pretty, pretty amazing uh, tech. It looks very, very similar. I couldn't even tell the difference, really. Well, we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today. That looks uh, like the clock on the wall is saying we need to wrap it up. So uh, we want you to know we do these podcasts just for you. And we really had a great time answering, answering uh, Kurt's question. Uh, what is a metahuman used for? And we Hope that you learned something cool that you didn't know along the way, because uh, we covered a lot of ground today and we believe that everyone should learn something new at least once every week, whether you need to or not. And if you did enjoy it, we'd appreciate it if you do us a favor and share it with some of your friends. Uh, We think word of mouth is still the best kind of advertising. So hit that like button, too. It helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in what we talk about here on the CG Insider podcast, CGI and VFX related stuff. Uh, by the way, if you've got a subject that you would like to hear us talk about on one of our podcasts, you can let us know by heading to our website, thecgbros.com, and over to the About Us tab and clicking on the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Kirk did, and ask your question there. We love your input, so please leave us a comment below. And if you do, no guarantees, there's a good chance we'll read it during one of our future podcasts. 
And just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new edition of the uh, CG Insider right here every week where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other cool and related and interesting topics. Yes, also, uh, you can also find our audio version of this podcast on all major audio podcast platforms as well. And also, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front row seat from, for some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Um, also watch some really cool VFX breakdowns, behind the scenes, and making ofs on the channel as well. We're looking forward to seeing you again here for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. What are the top 10 animation and VFX schools? You know, there are a lot of schools out there, so you definitely want to get our take on this. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what is a metahuman used for? Thanks for being with us. If you've watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. And be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. And please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more inside information, Delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgpros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode, and the CG Pros will answer the question, what are the top 10 animations slash VFX schools? This has been episode 2305 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.